0: Hey everybody, I thought I'd jump on and answer a question that we got from Jess in the Facebook group for My Millennial Money. I want to invest slash put away 10k for my future. Options, thoughts. My super performed at over 13% last year. So that seems like a good option. So I just want to unpack this because a lot of the times when we think about investing, we have a look at the wrong end or we have a look at the end goal first, which is amazing because you're thinking about it. But what we need to do is step 10 steps backwards and just have a look at our different options. So the first thing I would say is if we're looking at asset classes. So an asset class could be property or shares. If we are comparing returns, and I don't think returns are the sole purpose to use an asset class, but we need to step back and instead of have a look over the last one year, because it is a long-term investment and growth asset classes generally say that, hey, you need to hold this investment for at least five years. Seven is a good target. So we need to look and say, okay, so if we are using the growth of the investment as our, I guess, goalpost of what we're going to invest in, we need to look over the last five to seven years because you might find that it's actually five and a half percent or 6%, right? Where another investment could be 4%. So that's great that you're thinking about that, but I just challenge you to look over the long term, just so it's, uh, it's more referenced. Now, I would probably say, and I've written down a few things here and if you are listening on the podcast, it's a little bit different because I am also recording this for YouTube so you can jump on YouTube and have a look at my mug so what what I'll do I'll step backwards and we look at our own financial goals so I'm just I wrote some things down here so we can this is what I would do i and I can only really do it if it was me, but it will hopefully give you some thought process. I would first have a look if I've got any consumer debt. So let's assume that we've had 10K plonked into our bank account, whether Aunt Donna or someone or Uncle Jim died prematurely and they left a $10,000 inheritance, or if I was I don't know, at the club and everyone's throwing a dollar on Kino or whatever, or I've got a bonus and 10 grand's in my bank account. We need to just go, okay, so it's a windfall or it could even be you've saved that $10,000. So, we need to first, to build our financial life, make sure that we've got no consumer debt. So, Jess, if you had, and I'm not saying that you do, but I'm picking on you, if you did have a $5,000 credit card, well, I would be inclined to pay that off tomorrow and then it changed the conversation. Well, now I've got 5K for my future. And then don't even worry about paying off debt and you can go to sort com forward slash how to get out of debt or get out of debt, one of those things. And there's a little blog about getting out of debt. But I'd generally say, I'm not too worried about paying off debt with money if you haven't changed the underlying problem of getting into debt in the first place. So we know we don't invest If there's debt number two we want to make sure that you've got a solid emergency fund in place so the target is three months worth of living expenses not including how much you save over the three months literally just how much it costs you to exist each year divided by 12 times 3 or divided by 4 whatever you want to do Sometimes it can be 10 to 15 grand for different people. Sometimes it could be seven grand. Whatever that number is, we want to first get an emergency fund because when we're building our financial life, once this 10 grand is invested for the future, we don't want to, for example, if Jess did want to put it into a super fund, we don't want to put the money into super and we say contribute the money to super and then that's locked away till after age 60 and then have... uh, bite down on a a bit of bone or something in a salad or on your plate and chip a tooth. And then we don't want to go back into debt to pay for an emergency. Okay. So that's why we have the emergency fund. So we're not investing money and then selling it down. And actually, while I was prepping this episode, I've prepped another full episode that I'll do with John on my millennium money called how to be wealthy slash rich or how to get rich. So it got me thinking about some cool stuff. So, We'll assume that Jess is financially savvy. We'll assume she's got no debt. She's got a fully funded emergency fund. So now it's like, what do you want to do with the money, Jess? So if you're, and this is why, this is what I love about financial planning and I love about personal finance. It's build your own adventure. It's choose your own adventure. It's build your own life. It's build your own whatever, okay? Everything is personal. So if, for example, uh, Jess had a goal in her life because Jess is a young lady. If she had a goal in her life to buy a house to live in, well, if she hasn't got a home deposit saved, I'm probably not locking that money away until tomorrow, as in age over 60. And we'll use over 60 because at the moment, the current preservation rules, which are how when you can actually take the money until the... Preservation because the money is preserved until a preservation age, and then a condition of release. So that's if you at the moment if you fully retire, and are over sixty, you can get the money out tax free. So we'll assume that there is no home loan and or no mortgage, and just wants to buy a home. So I'm saying let's get in the house soon because that's like you know that YouTube or the meme or video or whatever it is and. There's the, the cylinder and the professor's got uh, a big jar and he pours sand in it and then he pours some pebbles and he at the end he puts the big rocks. So if you put all the sand in your life and the pebbles, then try and get the big rocks in. It's a lot harder. So I think in our personal finance, maybe for some people, a big rock is an investment property in their own name. A big rock is uh, buying a home to live in. A big rock is your education and training. See, what if Jess owned a home, but she wanted to better her life and do a course that cost eight grand. I'm certainly investing in myself, given that she's so young, because if we invest in ourselves, that can be maybe a better investment return than 13% over a year, because it could mean that eight grand has allowed me to get a a better paying job, which could be a 20% return. Okay. So, I'm I'm ranting a bit, but I'm just getting you thinking about the process. As a rule of thumb, maybe not putting any money, extra money, like big chunks of money, into super until you're over forty, till maybe you've got a a, a house to live in, or you've well and truly got your family on track. But everyone's situation is different. I put money into super, but again, that's my that's my reasons. So if Jess didn't want to buy a home to live in. She might want to buy an investment property, okay? So, I'm just kind of using these things that we need a deposit to then borrow money for. But if Jess said, you know what? I'm I'm happy to rent, okay? I don't care about buying an investment property. I don't care about having a home to live in because I'm happy to rent forevermore. I want to just build wealth with my cash flow and my savings, and that's totally cool because it's Jess's life, okay? So, if we look at different things to do with investing money for the long term that isn't uh, property, which you need a deposit for, there's there's probably three things that come to mind immediately. The first one is a share portfolio in her name. Now, the easiest way to do that might be to open a trading account and you can just jump on the Facebook group and ask the community what some share trading accounts and then open, and a lot of those share trading accounts will have a bank account, you move the money into that bank account that's in your name and then you invest it into uh, some shares and I would always just recommend an exchange traded fund or an ETF, which is a big bundle or basket of a variety of different stocks So we're not just putting $10,000 in CBA. We're not just putting $10,000 in Westpac or Telstra or whatever shares. So it's the diversification, right? So that's an option. And you can ask in the Facebook group a little bit about that. Another way, if Jess was a higher income earner would be to set the money up because if shares are invested and if property is invested in your own name, any gain that you have... Will be taxed on your marginal tax rate. Okay, so if Jess was a very high income owner and she was almost paying 50% tax on her income, any growth in that investment would also be taxed at 50%, right? Which is a lot of tax. So she might choose to have an investment bond, which is an investment account which it sounds confusing, but it's a life insurance policy. They use the life insurance rules and structure, but inside that account, there's no life insurance. There's actually an investment account, okay? So, they've kind of hacked the the law to do that. And they're taxed at the company tax rate, which is under 30%, right? So, Jess might go, well, I'm a very high income earner, so I wanna pay as little tax going forward, and I want access to that money in 10 years. So I know that an investment account in my own name, I'll be paying a lot more tax on the gain, but if I put it in an investment bond, it will be a lower tax rate year on year. Okay, so that's also an option. Now, within this, if Jess said, I've got my 10 grand for my future, her future, She could be thinking, in 15 years, I'll need that money. So, we can't put that money into super because she can't get it within the next 15 years. It's locked away, right? So, then we look at the different options. So, you can see kind of how the thought process needs to cascade back from her goals, right? So, there's kind of three... Well, there's actually more than 12 because I just wrote an episode, but a bit of a hint. (laughs) There's three ways initially to make money in Australia, okay, as a concept or to be wealthy. The first is to spend less than what you earn. The next is to buy and hold investments for the long term. The third is to pay as little tax as possible. And I won't tell you the fourth and all the other ones. You'll have to wait till we do that episode. But super is good because it's a tax haven, right? So, if Jess's marginal tax rate was 30%, so every time she would earn money, she'd pay 30% tax, right? So, that $10,000, if she had earned that money, she's up for paying 30% tax on that, right? But if she contributes that to superannuation, because the tax rate in super is only 15%, and then she contributed that money to super, and then the laws recently changed so you can put it on your tax return as a taxable contribution, a personal contribution, and then the super fund takes the tax. So you claim it on tax in your own name. The super fund would only take 15% tax. So $10,000 at 30% tax is $3,000. If Jess puts the money in super, claims that on tax, and the super fund takes the 15% contributions tax off, which is the superannuation tax rate, she would be saving $1,500. Now, this is the amazing thing and this is why I contribute money to Super because she's then got an extra $1,500 that can be invested for the long-term, right? So that's got nothing to do with returns. That's just rack rate. She's got more bang for her buck to invest, right? So she's paid less tax, which means more to invest. So you can see how it is a wild ride, this thing called personal finance, this thing called financial planning. And Jess actually wrote back, uh, because I mentioned in the Facebook post about each year, you can only put at the moment $25,000 into superannuation as a cap at 15% tax, right? Which includes your 9.5% super. Now, if she had a job and they were putting in $15,000 a year super, and then she put her own $10,000 in, that means no more this year she can put money in. However, if she was a high income owner and they'd already put $20,000 or projected to put $20,000 into super over the year, she could only put $5,000 in and claim that on tax, right? So I might leave it there because it is a wild ride, but I would just encourage you to think when we are talking financial planning, let's just summarize this we need to one, not look at the face value returns. We need to look at our goals, whether we need the money or not now, later. Whether we want to save for an asset that we needed to uh, to borrow for, which means the money's no good in super, or whether we're a high income earner, which might mean we need to hide that money in all tax effective environment. And of course, if you are in debt, we're certainly paying down any any consumer debt, before we start investing but making sure that one, our emergency funds in place also and two, that our mindsets change so we are no longer going into consumer debt because there's no point paying down the debt if in three weeks it's back on the table. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for letting me record this and put it on YouTube as well. And I hope it's been a uh, a good little exercise into the thought process involved with investing for the future. We hang out in the My Millennial Money Facebook group. So, if you want to jump in there, continue the conversation. would love to. Thanks so much for listening. See ya. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals.